Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, a Spurs writer for KNS5 in San Antonio. Glad to have you back. I get it. Hey, it is the NBA offseason or the slowest point of the NBA offseason. But things got a little riled up a couple days ago as news broke that Ben Simmons reportedly has told the Philadelphia 76ers that he ain't going to report to camp and it looks like all his days are all but numbered. Supposedly, even his agency told him don't even make any more appearances in Philadelphia and to other guys that are attached with Clutch Sports. It's that bad at Philadelphia. It kind of brought up the question of now should the Spurs go in and go for the kill, go for a trade? Here is a guy that obviously wants out. Maybe that kind of diminishes his trade value. We're going to be discussing that as well as continuing our chat. Hakeem Olajuwon versus Tim Duncan. Oh, my goodness. What have I created now with the guest when that topic comes up? I don't know. James, I feel like that I should just invoke the um, the scene of Anakin Skywalker on his knee <laughs> saying, what have I done as he killed Mace Windu? Because... Um, <laughs> I think Spurs fans know that you're going to tackle that topic, Dream versus TD, in a few minutes. But he is James Pleasure of ES. I'm sorry, SA Sports Star. James, I'm still not still trying to get used to that. Uh, San Antonio Sports Star. He is the bunch of changes. Got to get used to that. Got to get used to Ken Five or KNF Five. There's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of changes in our world. But they're they're positive changes, though. That's the good news. They're positive changes. Exactly. Yeah, he is with San Antonio Sports Star, the co-host of uh, the Saturday Morning Hangover, and he is also a part of the Blitz. And go check it out on YouTube. That's my favorite place to go see James and his crew do their work. Just search uh, San Antonio Sports Star on YouTube and check them out. Uh, James, how are you doing? By the way, I could never rock the baseball cap suit look. You pull it off perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's the thing. You never know what you're gonna gonna get. Uh, you may get the suit. You may get the vest. You may get the hat. You may get the guns. Like, yeah. And more reason why people should go and listen and watch you on YouTube on San Antonio Sports Star. <laughs> hey, by the way, you feeling uh, better? I heard your ribs kind of got smashed up there. Oh, they're so sore. <laughs> Can you tell everybody what you know, what the hell you did? I was just in a hurry to get out of here. I was leaving work late one night uh, trying to get down to Houston for my buddy's 40th birthday weekend. And something had jumped out of the bushes on my way, sprinting to my car. I sidestepped. Uh, I missed the the step uh, from the uh, curb down mm-hmm. to the pavement and Yeesh. just landed straight on my chest. When can I start making fun of you? Do I do it now or do I do it after I tell you? Um, I hope you're doing doing better. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Make doesn't fun matter. of me. All right. Really First good. of all, <laughs> hope you get better, James. And is this the part where I start playing the Yakety Sax uh, song right now? Just see you fumbling. Yeah, sure, yeah, right. Exactly. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. Do it right now. And you might want to write that and handle down because, oh boy. Is James going to dive into Dream <laughs> versus uh, TD in just a few minutes? But let's go to tackle the big topic that's swirling the NBA right now. Look, I get it, James. Us Spurs fans are kind of maybe sick and tired of Ben Simmons, Spurs, you know, from NBA, uh, I'm sorry, Vegas odds of him landing in San Antonio to the bajillion reports out there that the Spurs and him or they're linked or they're talking, interested, uh, trades, uh, blah, 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 blah. 
but you and I were talking yesterday uh, when y'all were talking about it on the Blitz about Simmons' San Antonio Spurs. And, you, you know, your reaction to me when I asked you about it, you said, oh, it's just smoke. It's just smoke. But I'm like, okay, but smoke for what? Smoke for what? So before we get that, do you think now <laughs> San Antonio should dive in headfirst knowing that Philadelphia has an asset that wants out and probably is not going to demand a lot? Uh, yeah, uh, Daryl Morey's still pulling the strings, so yes, he's still going to demand a lot. He's got four years left on his contract, so he can threaten all he wants until he doesn't show up and starts getting fined and missing checks. That's an irrelevant situation. That It, it is just a threat. That's all it is at this point. Until he carries through on it, there's nothing to have to concern myself with if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers. On top of that, he's got four years of control. So how long is he willing to sit mm-hmm. in order to make this happen? So the, the team can be equally as strong as the player in regards to this until their demands are met. Uh, I look at the same situation with the Houston Texans. A lot of people are trying to get Deshaun Watson for pennies on the dollar because he wants out. The Houston Texans front office is holding strong and going, I don't care what other things he's involved in. I don't care that, you know, his name is Mub right now. This is our asking price. And until someone comes close to it, we're not even engaging conversations. And so if I'm Daryl Moore in the Philadelphia 76ers, I do the same thing. And the fact of the matter is, of all of the teams mentioned in the possible Ben Simmons, the Spurs arguably have the worst set of assets to send in return Mm -hmm. in any hypothetical trade. So I think the Spurs, if they're involved in a Ben Simmons trade, it's as a third team to help facilitate it. The, the, you know, I hear you saying about the Spurs not having assets, uh, you know, as far as maybe what Morey wants. But there was that report earlier in the offseason that he wanted some in- ridiculous haul. I, I I mean, it was just out of control. I mean, from. Yeah, that was pick, uh, yeah. Two, two young players, yeah. four first round picks and four pick swaps. If if Morey backs off on that um, and becomes something reasonable, do you think San Antonio will do it? If it's a reasonable no. ask, no, why not? No. Uh, mainly because if the price comes down, other teams simply just have more to jump in with because that's the possibility. If it comes down, other teams are also going to come into the services. The reason he hasn't been moved yet is because nobody wants to meet Daryl Morey's ridiculous asking price. If it comes down far enough to where the Spurs can jump in, you can be sure Portland. Uh, Toronto, mm, who else has been mentioned? Minnesota, uh, Sacramento, Golden State, all have better assets. Like, would you rather have a package revolved around DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, uh, and and Derek White because you have to make the salaries match, so you have to give a couple of your guys that have already signed big extensions um, plus picks, or if you're Philly and you've got Joel Embiid, would you rather have Buddy Heald, Davion Mitchell, and a package right. of picks? Yeah, like I mean, 
it, you can say all you want. And, and plus, if you're Ben Simmons, would you rather be in San Antonio or closer to L.A. where you live in the offseason? So, well, there is that. And I was going to bring – gonna... Whether it's Sacramento, like San uh-huh. Antonio, if, it, like, if he is truly forcing his way out, do you not think he's also going to try and force his way to where he wants to end up? Well, the Spurs are no stranger to this. I mean, the Kawhi Leonard situation, you know, uh, you know, reportedly Kawhi wanted to go to uh, California at that time. He ended up going to Toronto. Could you see a scenario where Philly just kind of does the same to Ben Simmons and says, okay, we hear that you want to go to blah, 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 to these top power teams in the, in, in the NBA, but we're going to send you to a rebuilding franchise, go to San Antonio. You think that could factor in? Do you think Greg Popovich wants to deal with that? Do you think the Spurs organization? Well, the, well, the Spurs need uh, the, the Spurs need an all star. Why put them through? The Spurs need an all star. I mean, okay, and that's where that's where Ben Simmons fits that mold. And you know, before way out of one place, what what makes you think he wouldn't force his way out of another situation he doesn't want to be in? Doctor created, doctor recommended. Works up to seven days per use. I'm talking about Sweatblock. Dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters, and it's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. Manufactured in the USA. You have excessive sweating. That's where sweat block comes in. Where would you want to wear your little secret to confidence? This is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit. I get it. Talking about excessive sweating isn't fun to talk about. That's why there's sweat block. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or on Amazon and at CVS. I know this is sounds too good to be true, but I've been using Sweatblock um, once or twice a week, and it's been keeping me dry the whole time. A lot of good products out there. Uh, basically, no more pitting out. No more uh, picking my shirts based on which one I'll hide the sweat better. Once again, go to Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off. Does this sound familiar to you? You get one device that lets you uh, catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows while you watch sports highlights on your phone and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Yeah, we all been there. Well, I want to talk to you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch now your favorite sports, movies, and all the shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever, ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many moving parts here, you know. Yeah, I, I hear you. you. know, you go left, he's gonna go right. You go right, he's gonna go left. You're gonna say apples, he's gonna say oranges. I mean, that scenario could play out. Here's the thing with me though: if if the, look, Vegas still has the Spurs among the top five teams as a possible landing spot. Yeah, uh, you know, so they, they, you know, Vegas though. thinks they they yeah they they've knocked down a bit. They were like at a plus 
I think one point uh, plus twelve hundred, and then I think it's or they could be at a plus twelve hundred right now. My point is, is that seemingly they still the Spurs name seems to be me in the mix. And circle back to the initial question to start this conversation. Talk about why there's smoke. Why would there be smoke around San Antonio if, in your analysis, it seems like San Antonio is not a likely destination? Well, I don't know, but why is there smoke about? a bunch of things with San Antonio that never end up coming to fruition. Why was there smoke about Kai Jones and his fantastic dinner? And if he's there at 12, the Spurs would jump at the chance to draft him. And then they end up taking Mm. Josh Primo. Like it is what it is. Like you have to look at it in a sense of when you start to hear the rumors loudly and out in front, I mean, you might as well just start crossing it off your list. And and we Mm -hmm. fell for it at the draft again. But so many times has the loudest rumors been the ones that the Spurs have just deemed untrue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think the, um, do you think Ben Simmons would fit in San Antonio? Um, As a person or a player? Uh, everything because you know for san antonio it's about the culture it's about checking that ego it's about uh, team no. fur and all that good stuff no right i mean i, I just feel like he doesn't fit he, the culture i think he fits as a player he's a defensive minded person that can switch all over and they you know address the shooting this off season with the addition of doug mcdermott and you know that young and yeah. other pieces that they've surrounded this off season Brent forbes they've got more shooting on this team than they've had but at the same time as a personality i don't know that ben simmons fits I, i'm at i'm like right in the middle i can go either way i can see both arguments there's the argument you brought up you know his you know, fit into the culture. You know, there's reports out there that, you know, he doesn't really have the best work ethic. ethic. Look what he's doing right now, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the side of, well, the Spurs need to jumpstart this rebuild. You know, he could be an attractive spot, a piece to bring in other players mm-hmm. to surround. I mean, it's just such a fine line. But at the end of the day, I just I, I, I just think that this, for the Spurs, it's almost win-win, maybe. You know, when when you get him in, you here is your piece that you need to attract other players and get the rebuild going. And it's when if you don't see him, you have to deal with the headaches because I'm pretty sure the Spurs don't want to go through Kawhi Leonard version 2.0, which is Ben exactly. Simmons. Yeah. Um, he, and plus, I mean, how's, but how, got, how's it we see him when uh, runs the NBA? Don't forget, Rich yeah. Paul is the most powerful agent in the NBA clutch sports runs the league and you know, by bringing that in and a high profile clutch sports athlete like him, if he's unhappy in any way, shape or form, much like he is in Philadelphia, you're going to hear about it and it's not going to mm-hmm. be pretty. D- does it worry you that uh, the Spurs have a pair of clutch guys on the roster? then maybe no. this could happen again. No? No, mainly just because, uh, you know, everything has a hierarchy, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, Nolan's Noel was upset with Rich Paul, but at the same time, you know, 
Nerland's Noel, he gave him the advice, he took it, and it didn't work out. But at the same time, like, he has other clients he has to prioritize, and you got to know where you fit in the pecking order of those clients. In terms of the clients that Clutch Sports have, they're near the bottom of that pecking order. You know, I, I look at the Ben Simmons situation in Philadelphia. I'm waiting for the moment we start seeing him in a fat suit, a la James Harden. I mean, I mean, is that going to happen? You know, that, that could possibly happen. You know, he you show up at a preseason game and he's wearing a fat suit. But jokes aside, um, are are you pretty much on, on just on your personal level, just counting out the Spurs in any type of chase for Ben Simmons? I won't put it at zero percent, but it's under ten. Yeah. I, I think as the days just get closer because, to the NBA season, I, I think the it diminishes. Just because I, I look at the other teams that are also interested, and I'm like, of the teams that can put packages together, unless truly none of those teams want to put any of those packages together, I don't, I don't foresee a reason why, if I'm Sacramento, I couldn't land him above San Antonio. If I'm... Mm-hmm. Golden State with Moses Moody and Wiseman and and Kaminga and and the future Mm -hmm. picks like they've just got more assets in all these other situations than the Spurs have and they're more attractive assets mainly because they're either younger and less unproven and you've seen less of them or the fact that they're higher draft picks whatever it may be but all these pieces, and we, that's part of the reason of, huh, we only see flashes of Lonnie. We only, you know, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, DeJounte Murray seems to have hit a ceiling in terms of his outside jumper. Like, whatever it may be, there's always, yeah, but with mm-hmm. any person that you mentioned that's not Keldon Johnson. Right. We're talking with now, James Pleasure. He is with... Yeah. If you throw Kelvin into a deal, maybe that moves the needle for them. But that's the one person, if I'm a Spurs fan, I don't want to see go anywhere. Right. We're talking with James Pledger. He is with San Antonio Sports Star. Follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. Just a couple more things before we get into the main event um, right here on Locked on Spurs. <laughs> you look at Spurs fans that disagree with other Spurs fans about bringing Simmons to San Antonio. You know, I get where they're coming from. It kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier, you know, like you're getting a guy that can play almost every position on the court, a corner stone piece. Um, do, it, would it be ho- horrible for the team if they were to be able to convince Daryl Morey and the Sixers to make a deal? Let's just play Marvel. What if I knew the, you know, the new okay. episode dropped yes, yesterday. So, you know, what yeah. if, or yeah, well, by the time I listen to this show, it's it's yesterday. So, but oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, the the point is, let's play Marvel. What if Spurs make a deal with Philly? He comes to San Antonio. Would it be really that bad? Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at Built Bar? Well. You can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry. The list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Built Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, 
They have the mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's Built.com, 15% off. Once again, at Built.com. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back in the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Champs, Buccaneers, and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so let's go down the what if there. Let's yeah. say what if Ben Simmons gets traded and he loves it here. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that at all. But Ben Simmons, to get him, let's say you've given up Lonnie Walker, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, three first-round picks and a pick swap or two. Those are big, big assets when it comes to building a team. And now you don't have them to – further solidify, so you have to more rely more on free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, what if he's traded here and things go south extremely quick? All of a sudden, you have to trade him. We know how the Spurs are at dealing with drama and having drama around not just the locker room, but the organization in general. Would they sell him for less than what Daryl Morey did and take back less of a value just to exercise the issue. Therefore, now you've traded him, you've lost picks, you've gained something in return, but not as much as you could have, a la Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting what the uh, Sixers are going to do with the Ben Simmons situation. I mean, for for a very, very slow period of the NBA offseason, I mean, it's definitely filling up, you know, all the drama and all the juicy headlines that, you know, NBA fans uh, are just uh, dying for right now as the season is just a few days away. We'll see if the Spurs are, and Simmons are still linked as the NBA offseason continues, uh, but we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that right here on Lockdown Spurs and, of course, over on San Antonio Sports Star. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So let's just, just do a quick clarification. Everybody should understand this. Pleasure is a Houston fan. He's a big fan of the Rockets. He's a big fan of the Texans. So let's just get that out of the way first. 
Mm-hmm. So, Pledger, the last few couple of uh, Lockdown Spurs, I've been asking guests, hey, you know, Robert Ory, you know, he brought up the whole, you know, I think TD, I'm sorry, Dream was 10 times better than TD uh, conversation. Oh, Again, that is that aside, I know that, that, you know, that was a lot. If you're looking at the two big men, one, do you agree with Ori that Dream was 10 times no. better than, no, than Duncan? No, absolutely not. But eliminating that, who does James Pledger go for in a TD versus Dream scenario? Tim Duncan may fundamentally be been one of the best players I'd ever watched. That being said, Akeem Olajuwon may be one of the most athletically skilled big men I ever watch. This is a guy who played like a guard well before Giannis or anybody else ever even came into the league. He had outside shot, but on top of that, he had a bag that could put you through a blender as Spurs fans saw against David Robinson when he was handed that MVP trophy mm-hmm. during the Western Conference Finals. I mean, <laughs> bad move, that, Spurs. That was just a different level of footwork and ability. And when he, when he was on top of his game, because let's face it, Akeem from 80. What was it? Six? 83? Mm-hmm. Right in there. All the way into yeah. the mid-90s was fantastic. Tim Duncan was greater over a longer period of time because he knew how to handle his body. And it, it became more of a thing to take care of your body and do things to help lengthen your career. And that's what we're seeing with today's athletes. But when, when Dream was great, there was nobody on his level. You talk about statistics that are unparalleled, whether it was MVP's defensive player of the year. You talk about mm-hmm. his ability to block shots and the timing with that. I mean, Akeem Olajuwon, and the reason I lean and, and straight up one-on-one, because let's remember, you're talking about two different positions, too. You're, not, you're talking about mm-hmm. a center versus a power forward. But Akeem's athleticism far outweighed the fours, the fives, even the threes in a lot of cases, and not just that NBA, but this NBA. He's got the, the footwork and skill of a Kevin Durant when it came to being able to get down on the low block and just kind of it lose defenders because they had no clue because he was so skilled with his feet. And that was both offensively and defensively. And this is no disrespect to the greatest power forward of all time. But I've watched both play throughout my entire career. And I was more in awe athletically of what Akeem did during his prime while Tim Duncan had this laissez-faire kind of way of going about looking up and being like, oh, I mean, he's got 25, 15, and, and, and three. Like, you know, by the end of this, uh, the game, you just looked at it and went, oh, wow, he had, he had a great game. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you watched Dream, you were in awe of the things that he did on the court in terms yeah. of just 
sheer wow factor. If if I mean how so how much of a part is, is your Houston fandom come in? Are you trying to remove it? I mean, what TD? No, did, I'm trying to remove it, and yeah. I, I love Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's one of the greatest players I've ever watched play too, but it also placed Akeem Olajuwon really high on the all-time centers list just because of everything I've mentioned. Like between whether it was Kareem, Shaq, and Akeem, those are three of the greatest big men of all time. And, and Shaq was a similar way, and I'm talking about prime Shaq, where, you know, a big man that could drop step like that, run the floor the way he did. There, there was just something about the way that he played. But Akeem gave you the shooting along with that ability and footwork. So there, there's a lot to take into account with Akeem and his ability to, whether it was the dream shake and the turnaround, whether it was taking you to the block and putting you in the blender and getting easy layups, or even on the defensive end and his ability to not just alter but block shots and be a mm-hmm. physical presence down low. I mean, this was during kind of, I, I would say, one of the greatest eras of big men in the NBA when right, the center yeah. position was probably at its peak. And I look at the. Yeah, I mean, you, I think there was. I think Shaq's been on record saying that that Dream was the best center he ever faced in his uh, peak years. I mean, yeah, Elajuan, you know, that that was Orlando, the Orlando days, uh, Shaq. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I look at the two guys and I'm saying, man, it's close. It's close. It's um, real close. It's close. It's close. Prime Dream versus Prime Duncan. You know, we know what Prime Dream was about in San Antonio. I mean, just ask Robinson. <laughs> Prime Dunk it was Prime Duncan was something else. I, I mean, it was my really good goodness. Five game, one on one, best of three. Does it go five games between these two giants? Oh, absolutely. This this goes down to the last shot, more than likely. The last shot, really. Hmm. I I think it goes down to just IQ. Who's just going to outsmart the other guy? And because skill wise, I mean, Duncan had the shake, the dream shake. And, I'm sorry, sorry. Dream had the uh, the the dream shake, yeah. and then of course uh, Duncan Duncan had the uh, bank shot. I mean that. I mean that was unstoppable. It was, um, it was the it was the elbow face up. <laughs> yeah, the elbow face up. Yeah, four down. That's what four down was. I just oh man. I just give Duncan the edge if it comes down to just IQ. I think he would have figured out the dream shake. I think he gets burned a few times by the shake, uh, but I think he adapts. Well, well, I, I just think I think Duncan was just bigger physically. I think he could use his body a little better on dream. That was that was the hardest thing though about the dream shake is he had so many moves from it. It wasn't just the fact that you knew he was gonna come and you were guessing left or right in which way he was going to fade away because from that he also went into the bag and this is where Robinson got lost is he could fake over one shoulder, come to the other and then scoop under you and he just had so many moves to counter off of that one and his footwork and that's the most impressive thing about it is his footwork with the dream shape 
which allowed him to go to almost anywhere on the court from where he was. And I, I wish, I wish, I wish today's NBA players would just sit down and study Olajuwon's footwork. Mm-hmm. Duncan, too, for that matter, but Duncan wasn't as athletically gifted as was Akeem Olajuwon when it came to his coordination and his mm-hmm. ability to move with his feet down on the block. Tim Duncan yeah. was athletic, but it was a different way. He was just incredibly fundamentally sound and mm-hmm. knew how to get to his spots. And you talked about the IQ and stuff and how to set people up to get to a shot. Akeem had that ability to set up an infinite number of moves from a single position. And it was all because of that dream shape. And it, it was just, at times it just felt unguardable. And I'm sure yeah. David Robinson probably agrees with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I asked uh, our, our fellow, um, a, a mutual friend of ours, Casey Vieira about this the other day. I said, Hey, who do you got? And I don't remember his answer, but one thing that stood out for me and let me get your impression on this is he said, it would be the ugliest one-on-one game you ever see. You agree or disagree? Ugliest? Yeah. He said, it'd be just very slow, you know, um, just kind of like, uh, just basically an inside battle. Like, that would be one of the greatest chess matches I think I'd ever watch. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it would be a, a great chess match. And just to see from, it was the five-game series between these two guys, one-on-one, first to 21 points. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the first time he Dream drops a Dream Shake on TD and a TD gets befuddled or he gets left in his dust, I mean, you're getting up off your seat. It's just like, oh, my goodness, he did that to Duncan. And then, of course, vice versa. You know, like how many times is Dream gonna fall for the bank shot? You know, you can hear that coming already. You know, he's just getting eaten alive in the blow block. What about the argument of hardware? If it comes down to hardware, five to two titles, Duncan with the edge, multiple all stars for both, but Duncan has more. Um, what about that argument? Duncan played longer too. Yeah. Like they're they're they're, Duncan lived and thrived in an age and where. Uh, body preservation was a thing. Remember, he slimmed down after that knee surgery mm-hmm. in order to take the weight off his knees while Olajuwon had to put weight on in order to deal with the pounding of whether it was uh, Ewing or Shaq or, you know, whichever big that he had to face that week. And so eventually all that took takes a toll on your body and carrying that amount mm-hmm. of weight around. Tim Duncan understood this and slimmed down, uh, but that wasn't a thing in the 90s NBA. And you got to remember, <laughs> the defense changed along the way. <laughs> like, defense became a lot tougher, in mm-hmm. a sense, in certain ways in, in the modern NBA. And But at the same time, that made offense a lot tougher to come by back in the 90s. So if you're playing by today's current rules without the ability to hand check or really do anything to a Olajuwon, oh, no. I'm, not sure, yeah. I'm not sure that that's Oof. even fair. <laughs> oh, he's eating everybody alive in the paint. It's, it's bad. It's, it's just total destruction. 
I, I mean, then he's also because facing physical not, in the 90s. Yeah, the 90s, you can hand check, you can body, you can pretty much no blood, no foul. I mean, that's pretty much was the, the vibe. And Elijah still dominated. <laughs> yeah. Duncan came I, in uh, a little bit with cool. that still 90s style. Doesn't, I mean, he's not what he was a 90, sure. 90, 90, 90, yeah, late 90s. He still had to, well, I mean, not really. I mean, Robinson was serviceable. So, I mean, there's that. Ewing was already done. Dream was already done. Um, Morning, I think, was a shell of himself, too. Shaq mm-hmm. still had it. Shaq still had it. I mean, obviously, Shaq, oh, was, Shaq was there. Yeah. Yeah. Shaq was there. So he still had to contend with Shaq. Shaq was physical. So there you go. I mean, I think you do the same thing and put TD in today's era. I think he eats people alive, too. It's just, it's an incredible thing to think about when you, when you, look at the possibility of a matchup like that. And I would just sit back and enjoy it. Like I just remember the one thing I never got to see because Michael Jordan stepped away from the game was Jordan and that those nineties bulls versus Mm -hmm. those back-to-back rocket champions with a team at the height of his powers. Yeah, that's been the argument for those Bulls saying that had they met Hakeem and the Rockets, that that the just Dream himself was a player that that Bulls title dynasty didn't face. I mean, who are they? Fa- yeah, well, they had no answer. <laughs> yeah, who are they? Who were they trotting out? Was that like Wennington and Purdue, right? Wennington, they, Purdue, Longley, Cartwright, um, Cartwright was uh, the yeah. early part of the dynasty, the first three, so. Yeah, that was the 90s bold big man that Olajuwon would have had to face. Well, the counter to that, would they, they say Rodman would have been able to, you know, handle Dream, you know, because that still was physical. At least give him headaches. And I think maybe, I mean, he gets chippy with him, kind of like we did with Carmelo, knock him to the ground, tripping him up. And Dream had a temper. I think people don't remember. I remember Dream having a temper. I do. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't a temper. He was very stoic in a sense. But for the most part, he never let Rodman get into him because he faced him with the Spurs as well. <laughs> yeah. Man, opening up old wounds now. I, I can still see the dream shake in the Alamo Dome. Jesus. <laughs> Holy moly. It I remember just, the, the impressive... I, 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 I put the dream shake on par with Kareem Skyhook and... Iverson's crossover is like some of the and Jordan's fadeaway. Those were the most unguardable moves in basketball. What about outside shooting? Duncan could nail the midi. He occasionally would hit the three, although they were rare. I think Olajuwon's was a little bit more steady, if you will. He had... he had uh, he he could extend behind the arc, and he definitely had outside range. Like he could extend beyond the arc, and he was he was a I want to say about thirty five percent for his career three point shooter. But on top of being able to knock down three, he was also really good from outside the midi. I mean, Duncan was Duncan. Obviously, was great in the block. I I remember Duncan's midi being serviceable. I mean, it was it was okay. It wasn't horrible, but 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. Three point line. I think he rarely took them, but when he took them, they mm-hmm. usually he usually made them. Um, you know, as Phoenix Suns um, in that playoff series. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he 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 rarely took them. I don't remember Duncan having um, a shot just within the three point line, like just right above the key. I don't remember him, but I do remember I'd be yeah. a serviceable midi. Um, I don't remember him going long range Jamar DeRozan two point shot, you know, foot on the line, <laughs> you know, Jamar just one step back and hit three. Um, but it's an interesting what if, you know, uh, and that's exactly why I'm bringing up this topic with Marvel's what if uh, series out there. I think that has been one of the biggest what ifs in Spurs Rockets history is what yeah. if prime Duncan and prime Milage one clashed for Western conference dominance and, you know, for a trip to punch their ticket to the NBA finals. Imagine that. Imagine if now you just remove the element of just one-on-one and just go to team. I mean, Kenny Smith, Mario Ellie, who, who, who gets Mario Ellie, the 99 Spurs or do the Rockets keep them? You, you know, um, <laughs> Sean Elliott, Ro- you know, Robinson at his side, you know, maybe it comes down to that, you know, Duncan had Robinson and, you know, dream has who, I mean, who was, I don't think had, dream really. I, yeah. I well, dream have uh, what I consider prime Robert Ory, which was a super hyper athletic three wing that guarded multiple positions and was hyper athletic. Um, Sam Cassell was very big in those uh, Rockets championship years. Uh, if you think about whether it was Vernon Maxwell, Crazy Vern, or yeah. uh, the second title and Clyde Drexler even. Um, there was a lot to do with those Rockets teams. Otis Thorpe mm-hmm. was a part of that first championship team and he was uh, just a big man or a, a four that just kind of did all the dirty work down low. He was basically what all of Tim's bigs were during his career. Mm-hmm. He was Rosho Nasterovich or, you know, Fabricio <laughs> Verde. You know, they, they were the yeah. dudes that did the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he goes down to what title team did the Spurs trot out? You know, if it's, if it's the 99 team, if it's the 99 team going against Houston's first championship team, that's tough. I think Houston probably gets that mm-hmm. in that series. Yeah. But if you start bringing in Parker and Ginobili, you know that changes everything. Yeah, that's changes. a different story. Yeah, that Once changes you get to everything. like 0- 03, 07, uh, 2014, like those yeah. are teams that, whew, Yeah, Rockets are having some issues. Extremely yeah. concerned about because you're talking about Ginobili, especially prime Ginobili. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Pop Parker. Pop is seasoned as a coach by then. There's just yeah. not an answer for all the weapons that the Spurs had on those later championship teams. Um, Jonovis versus Popovich would have been fun. That would have been fun to see the chess match between them. That would have been a fun matchup to see that chess match unfold as well. But yeah, yeah, I will give it, I will give it to all the later era Spurs in terms of their title possibilities against either Rockets championship team. But if it was 99 against one of the uh, early 90s Rockets title team, I might lean Houston. Yeah, because then you, I mean, you're not, you, you mentioned the big three, but then there's, do you bring 2014 with Kawhi Leonard? Do you bring mm-hmm. Danny Green that was, what was it, 14 and 13, where he had those incredible three-point shooting uh, outings? Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. So it was 14 and 13. And, yeah, and 14. don't forget, Patty Mills exploded during that series yeah. as well against the Heat. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely a fun game of what if. But in this multiverse, James is going with Dream over Duncan in a five-game one-on-one series. You're breaking my heart, James. Hey, it comes down to the last shot, I said. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. I always, I always wanted to ask Timmy that, you know, like what he always thought about Dream. I don't, I don't, I don't, I could never find any type of questions about him. He, I would think that Dream would be the guy that maybe he looked at. Maybe their, to, uh, car- their careers never really overlapped, though. Yeah, and that's the, that's the problem, and especially when doing this. What if as you're talking about, you yeah. know, a person that he maybe he looked up to as a kid. And, yeah. and come and growing up and playing, but in terms of a peer, he was never really a peer. Yeah, I mean, he could have watched maybe in college, you know, or in high school or whatever. Virgin, but then again, mm-hmm. TD didn't get the game until what later in his life, so maybe he doesn't. He yeah. wasn't really looking at basketball at that time. He was more worried about, you know, um, swimming and Olympics, okay. diving and stuff like that. <laughs> Fun game of. What if? By the way, speaking of what if, is it just me? Are they 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 kind of dark lately? They they've been kind of really dark. What if episodes that Marvel's been trying? Yeah, to Disney uh, I'm, I dig it. I love it. I love it. it. I just I'm just stunned that they're going that direction. I that's the best. That's the best part of what if. <laughs> is What's been your What's been your favorite so far? I'm watching the new one tonight, so. Yeah. Um, it looks interesting, this take on Doctor Strange, but uh, seeing as I haven't seen it yet, uh, the last one, the uh, Hank Pym and the Avengers, yeah. and that was fantastic. I'm leaning towards the first one with Peggy Carter. I thought that was just fun. That was a really fun one. Sure. Just to see fun. like the early version of, uh, of an Iron Man suit and, you know, how... Yeah, the Hydra Stomper and how maybe Rogers takes that path to his his path to becoming a, a hero. And, um, you, you know, I you, I think you got to see more of Red Skull. I think that was my only, that was one of my biggest issues with Captain America, the first Avenger movie. It was we really mm-hmm. didn't get to see much of Red Skull. I, I wish yeah, we got more. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the Doctor Strange one yet. I haven't seen it yet. Um, definitely going to pop it on this moment we are done here. And on that note, let's go ahead and put an end to this episode of Lockdown Spurs. James, tell everybody what is going on over at San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, San Antonio Sports Star starts at 7 a.m. with R&R in the morning. Noon, yep. you got halftime, noon to 2, the Blitz 4 to 7, and, of course, the Saturday morning hangover with Jack Thompson and myself, Saturdays 9 to 11. Check it out right now. Subscribe to Locked on Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. So for James Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs. <laughs>